are listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle and Katie Minichi. Hi, everyone. This is Aileen Miracle and Katie Minichi. All right. So Katie's back with me. Yay. Yay. I missed you. Yay. It's, yeah, it's been a while. So I'm I'm glad to have you back. And we are going to talk today about Lola. I'm excited to talk about Lola. So Lola, we're... Yeah, so we're going to first start with just songs that we love for teaching Lola. Absolutely. So, Katie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand it over to you first. What's sure. Your, what are some well, you know, first off, I have to say you got my gears turning just by talking about this topic, but also that I really enjoyed your interview with Amy Abbott. And you guys oh, have thank such you. great ideas that I was able to use right away. So that Yay! was awesome. I love Amy. Yay! Yeah. So even that though I wasn't was there, I was yeah. there with you well, and Well, next year it's going to be in Columbus. So I'm there. you have to go. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah, um, I am too. But this was, this was a great like little refresher for me too, because there are a few songs that I use, but then I remembered there were a few songs that I need to use more. So, yeah. um, a go-to that I use a lot is Who Has Seen the Wind. I love the song. And yes. I know it starts on that Lola. One. So it's a little bit mm-hmm. tricky for the kids to find. I don't usually use it for presentation, but I use it right. to prepare a lot, even on instruments, as well mm-hmm. as, as singing it, just because a lot of times I'm preparing Lola around the end of fourth grade. So they just finished recorder. So they'll have that mm-hmm. E-G-A-B. So most students will be able to, in our district at that point, play it on a keyboard or play it on a xylophone or also play it on a recorder. So it right. kind of gives me a nice um, set of instruments to work with. So it's kind of a fun one for ensemble, I think. Yeah. My singing go-to is Big Fat Biscuit, which is just fun to say. I love Big Fat Biscuit. <laughs> Shoo-baloo. It is. Yeah. It's just so fun. Do you think all, all right, of our so, listeners yeah, so, will know the game? Maybe not. So I think we should tell them. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do it. So um, in okay. Big Fat Biscuit, at least the way I played, I put, you know, a line on the floor or they use the edge of the carpet. And each time mm-hmm. we sing a Chubaloo, they the students that are lined up at the edge of the carpet would then do a long jump. And then they have yes. to stay in that spot. And then at the end mm-hmm. of that round of singing... Each chubaloo, which is a do la do, mm-hmm. we figure out who has jumped the farthest. Do you play the same way? Yes, exactly the same way. Awesome, and they love it. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing it's when we play a game see, the same way. Like, yeah, it's always inter- interesting to see. Like, there are some kids you might necessarily might not necessarily look at them and think they're going to jump really far because of their build or whatever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes kids will surprise you, and it's like this one kid can jump way farther than everyone else. It's so interesting to see. I know. You'll see the competitive side come out in kids sometimes too in this yeah. like fun way you didn't expect. Yes. Yeah. It's and I so always fun. go by the back of their heels because they have different size feet. Yes. So sometimes, I mean, it's a good way to teach about sportsmanship too because, I don't know, I feel like in our district they're all su- like such high-performing students. We are um, achievers. There's like this level – of anxiety about being perfect. Mm-hmm. So they'll want to argue like, Oh, you know, I was furthest or so-and-so was furthest. And I'll say, boys and girls, 
you know, we're not supposed to earn the referee. I'm looking at the back of their heels and this yeah. person wins. So it's a good conversation to have about that. But they do really love the game. They enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I always tell my students we could argue or we could play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're going to argue like, with me, we're going to with this game. <laughs> yeah, we, we could argue and waste our time or we could play the game. And that usually shuts them down. They're like, oh, yeah, I'd rather play. Um, but it is, it yeah, is exactly. just such yeah. a fun game. It's very uh, joyful. Um, yeah, that's a great one. It, and going back to who has seen the wind, just mm-hmm. um, did that as like a sight reading piece with my third graders. We were doing centers for Lola ah. and I had who has seen the wind in stick notation on stands at orphan instrument station. Mm-hmm. And I told them that E was Lola and they had to figure out like, if E is Lola, then what note is Do and what note is Ray? And it was mm-hmm. like a great way for them to practice their not steps and skips and then figure out how to play who has seen the wind. So it was really fun. Oh, that is fun. I like that. Um, I also really love Land of the Silver Birch, which if I, if I remember correctly, you also love. Do you love Land I do. of the Silver Birch? <laughs> do you know the cup passing game to it? No. Tell us. I think I learned this from Jenna. Jenna Swartz, who's now Jenna Maybe. Hi, Jenna, if you're listening. Hi, Jenna. She used to teach at my school, but she's since moved to um, Kansas City, I think. But anyway. She's moved twice, um, yeah. The game, I yeah, I, I think she learned the game at Capitol, but while you're singing, so it's like, Land of the silver birch, home of the beaver. While they're singing that, they have two cups in front of them. So here's the tricky part. You have to make sure that you have, um, like if you have 24 students in your class, you would need 48 cups. Oh, wow. Or, yeah, that was like the first time I played it. I was like, wait a minute, uh- um, or you just have half the students play, which is my, sure. the very quick solution I came up with. Mm-hmm. So um, they have two cups in front of them, one even with their left knee, one even with their right knee. And then on the first beat, they pick up both cups. On the second beat, they cross um, so that the right cup is at the left knee and the left cup is at the right okay. knee. Does that make sense? Yeah. So get up, so they like cross, cross their own midline. Yes. Okay. So it's pick it up, cross, and then they, on the third beat, they put their hands back into the position of, you know, having the left. I am explaining this in a really horrible way. Hopefully people can understand. So the third beat, the left hand is on the left cup, right hand is on the right cup. So they go back to being straight with it. Okay. And then the fourth beat, they pass their right cup to their neighbor's left knee. Okay. And their left cup to their own right knee. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the, it's like, pick it up, cross, pick it up, pass, pick it up, cross, pick it up, pass. Land of the silver birch, home of the beaver. And all of you listening right now cannot see that I'm actually doing the motion. (laughs) I believe this is a podcast. I can visualize it. (laughs) Right. It's really fun. Yeah. Just a fun little thing to to do with it. Now, both of us uh, come from Capital University that are masters there, and I learned Yetubdaram there. Yes, and that's I did too. a favorite of mine, wasn't it? Yeah, collected by a colleague of ours. I feel like she wrote, didn't she put together a collection? She's putting together songs? a collection. Joan Littman, okay. is that who you're talking about? Yes, yes, yeah, one who collected it, and I think she is working on a book of. Music or songs from the Middle East. I don't think it's published yet. Okay. Um, but I could be wrong. I'll have to check on that. 
Um, but anytime you can see Joan Littman present, she's just amazing. I love her. Um, and that's seller. who we learned YouTube drama from. And it's really like, I actually played this today with my fifth graders. Oh, how cool. And they absolutely loved it. But you do the ball passing game with it. And then I call it nice form of dodgeball. <laughs> yes. Is that how you play? Yeah. I play with a playground ball. But then yeah. Um, I want to say at this last OMEA, which is the Ohio Music Ed Conference, that one of my coworkers in our district had said that someone played YouTube drum with like tennis balls or like smaller, like foamy yeah, balls. I've done that. Yeah, and I haven't done that. Yeah, it's harder to get the kids out because exactly the balls are smaller. It would be. You could actually get two or three tennis balls going too, and then it's really fun. And Yikes. Slightly dangerous. <laughs> it sounds like it. So that with game, they're passing the ball like kind of to the half note. Yay, toop da dum, toop da dum. And again, I am passing as I am. I'm like, you right? know, acting out the I'm motions. Playing along Can't with see you. me right now. <laughs> yeah. But and then when they get to yet do say, and then I might say like yet do say Katie la whole day. And then Katie goes in the middle and then we sing the rest of the song as we're rolling the I ball at her that. feet. So fun. Yeah. So we roll the ball at her feet and try to get her, you know, that's why I call it a nice form of dodgeball, because you can't throw it at her feet. You know, you can't throw it at her, but you have to roll it at her feet. And I just talked with the kids today about how like instead of picking the ball up in, you know, taking a few seconds before you roll it again, the per- if you do that, the person in the middle can like anticipate what you're going to do. Yes. So as soon as it comes to you, you push it away from you and it's, you get kids out much quicker that way. Correct. It's true. <laughs> Side note, because there's always a soundtrack going on in my head. Every time I sing the beginning of YouTube to Ram, I think of Jesus Christ Superstar. Because it reminds me of the priest when he goes, he is dangerous. (laughs) Oh my gosh, how funny. Now I'm going to hear that every time I start it. I think, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) So a little insight into what my brain's like. (laughs) There's a lot going on up here. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it is sort of my own fun. (laughs) Yeah, no, I have songs like that. I get it. Right? Yeah. Um, and that song, so by the way, is from, yeah, it's really funny. It's from Afghanistan. And I will link to, I'm going to try to find as much of the notation as I can and link to it in the show notes. So if you go to Mrs. Miracles Music Room.com and you go to podcast and then click on this podcast, then. Yeah. I'll I have mean, I think, uh, I think I've listed it even in my own retrieval of YouTube Durham that it's also excellent for older beginners if you are working on like establishing the steady beat. So if you're encountering kids that are just coming into your program, it's a great way to kind of give a safe space for them to show you that beat because as they pass that ball at the beginning, it's, it's nice to check and make sure kids know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think the way that it's notated, the way we pass the ball is actually kind of like to the half note, but like the kids don't need to, you can just say, Oh, I guess you're right. Like mm-hmm. that. But I have said, I th- I've said slow beat and I think, or half note, or once kids know half note, you could say pass to the half note or something, but it is, yeah. I have used it to, to really like reinforce steady beat with kids who haven't, 
you know, had that experience before. And what's great about that song too, is they love the game so much that with your old kid, if you're struggling with students who maybe haven't really been asked to sing before, they're, they're self-conscious about mm-hmm. their singing voices. They want to play the game so much that they will sing, at least in my experience. So I you agree. could say to them, okay, we're going to play this game, but you have to sing and they will. <laughs> yeah. So I agree. It's kind of like tricking singing, but you know, whenever I do this song, I have bus duty every morning and I'll always have kids that week walking by me going, cow, 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 lia, lia, They're so yeah. excited that they remember it. And it's, yeah. it's just fun. It's good fun. Yeah. It's always fun when you hear kids go, oh, we were singing this on the bus. I just had like a fifth grade boy tell me that about a song. I don't remember what song it was. It might've been Oboshi not in Totten or something, but it was a boy that Ooh, I would not I, have expected it yeah. from, or maybe a fourth grade boy. But yeah, it's always exciting when you have a kid come up to you and say, "We sing this in the bus, or we sing this on the playground, or you know, whatever." Anything and this is that definitely can do one of that songs. isn't bullying on the bus is a yeah, beautiful thing. For sure. Yes, singing yes. on the bus, I will take that any day. I will take yeah. that any day. Yes. So the next song on my list was um, Greenfield's Roxy, not because I one. teach it, but because. Mm-hmm. In thinking about this, I need to <laughs> because the yeah, kids, same. the call and response is so perfect that, oh, Greenfields, yeah. and all the kids go, Roxy. So hearing mm-hmm. that Lado, I mean, that's perfect, right? And that, yeah. yeah. So great. So I'm glad that we chose this topic because I'm just about to prep this um, with my fourth yeah. graders now that we finished recorder. And yeah. I'm so grateful because it made me re refined my love for this song. It's just so great. Yeah, I um I think the first time I saw that song presented was by my friend Nissa Brown, who's just an amazing presenter. She's now living in the Netherlands. Um, and I miss her very much, but I saw her sing this and I was just immediately in love with the song yet. I have yet to do it with my students. So it's a good reminder to me too. Like, yes, I need to, you know, it's always good to mix it up because sometimes you get year after year, you're teaching, you know, the same concept, the same way. It's always nice to throw in a different song that you haven't done before. Right. I, I have rediscovered the need for call and response in the upper grades. I think mm-hmm. I I think it's something because it's it's in our primary standards in our district in particular. Yes. I think we're supposed to hit it around first or second grade. And first I sort grade, of yeah. yeah, and I've sort of moved away from that and over the last couple of weeks I've been doing Charlie over the ocean and rather than play the game with the older kids, I used it for recorder as mm-hmm. an echo. But even just doing it as an echo it just reminded me that I need to bring some of those things back because just because I've met that standard in first grade doesn't mean that our older kids don't still need it. And it's such a huge part of like the tapestry of American culture. So it is. So I, I, yeah, I'm now motivated to bring it back. We will, we will be seeing this spring. (laughs) Yeah. When spring finally comes. Yeah. Right. It's still snowing and it's yeah, April right. and middle of April. Uh, yeah. I actually just had that, a very similar thought and I'm trying to remember what, what concept it was, but it was something very similar. Like why well, teach us in first or second grade. And then I really need to remember to go back to it because this is still something that they, they need to practice. Sure. So that's a great point about call and response. All right. So 
you shared that list with me and I was like, yes to all those. Yes, <laughs> but I have a few all. more that I really like. You too. do. You had yes. great ones. So I have the canoe song on my list. Now this one does have a low so in it, mm-hmm. but because the beginning is extractable, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a good one to practice Lola. So the my paddle's keen and bright would be me, me, I, do, la, la. Yeah. And even though it has la, la, so, la, or some people actually sing la, la, me, la, dip, dip, and swing. I've heard ah. it sung that way as well. Um, but if you just extract the beginning, then it would be a great one for Lola and bonus it is a great partner song with land of the silver birch it is i'm such a sucker for a partner song i love it and i have been i learned a, yeah i learned a i know i do too i i learned a pebble game with the canoe song do you know the pebble game i know the pebble goes around the circle oh i don't know that one that okay. sounds fun that one's fun too <laughs> no i mean like with the canoe song, they have, I just got like this container of pebbles at Target, like in their home goods section. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they each get a pebble and they put it even with their left knee. And then they, I teach the, um, you know, the words, pick it up, left knee, right knee, pass. Pick it up, left knee, okay. right knee, pass. And then they're passing the pebbles as they're singing. My paddle's keen and bright, flashing with silver. And they're just passing the whole time throughout the um, song. Mm-hmm. So just something fun to do with it. That and again, also great with Land of the Silver Birch. And then the next one I have on my list that um, that you didn't have on your list was I Got a Letter, mm-hmm. which is a really, it's just a fun song. It's all um, mi re do lola. I got a letter this morning. Oh, yes. I got a letter this morning. Oh, yes. So it has a whole note in there, which there's not a whole lot of songs that have whole notes. So, you know, a whole lot of folk songs. Right. So it's great for that. It also has a half rest in there, which, um, you know, you could easily teach like two quarter rest or a half rest and you could, you know, show them the the rhythm for that it also has syncopa in there and it has lola so it's got a lot of stuff going on with it, it really but does. it also has this really really awesome game where i have four envelopes and i label each one with a different letter a b c or d and i also put like on the a envelope i have like four small a's in each corner mm-hmm. and i choose four students to hide the letters the rest of the class who are not hiding, they close their eyes and they sing the song twice while the four students are all hiding the envelope somewhere in the room. But the trick is they have to hide it. So a little corner of the letter is peeking out. Oh, and then those four students sit down. Everyone else stands up. They, I say, first you start singing, then you start looking. Cause they'll immediately want to just start looking and not sing at all. Right. <laughs> So they first start singing, then they start looking, and then if they find the letter, they come up to the front of the room, and then those people who have found the letter, they get to hide. And then a lot of times, one of the letters, or sometimes more than one letter, hasn't been found. So what's cool about labeling it A, B, C, and D is that I can say, okay, we found A, C, and D, who hit B? And then the kid who hit B will show us where he or she hit it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they pick someone else to hide that letter and then we play again. So um, they really, they love those kinds of games, like hide and seek kind of games. They love it. So yeah, that's really I cool. 
I've used yeah. I Got a Letter, but I've used it as a transition to post office. Yes. That's how I've always used it, but I've never played yeah. it as a game. I usually just sang it with the kids, and that was their cue that they should sing with me and go to a circle, and then I would pass out their post office envelopes, which I always called musical mail, but I think most teachers call it post office. And yeah, then yeah. that would be our transition to usually some sort of rhythmic activity. But um, but I like that game. Well, and it. I have used it as a transition. I'm, I don't think I've actually ever used it as a transition to post office, which is very clever. I should have done that. <laughs> but um, I have hidden something inside one of the letters, which is funny because like sometimes the kids are like, something's in here. <laughs> like, mm, I wonder what that is. Mm. And then when we get done with the game, we play the game a few times and then I'll be like, oh, there's something in one of these letters and I'll pull it out. And maybe it's like the stick notation to the next song or it's rhythm mm-hmm. cards to the next song or whatever, you know, yeah. however you use that. So just a fun way to transition. I like that. Yeah. And then the last song I have here that I love for Lola is Peg Like the Pirate, which, um, the traveler that I had at my building last year, Stacy, I heard her singing it with kids. And then I was listening to the Music Teach Coffee Talk podcast. I don't remember which episode it was, but they were talking about the song Peg Like the Pirate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to I need to check that out. So I looked it up and I will link to it in the show notes, but I found it on Kate's Kodai Classroom. She has a blog post oh, cool. about Peg Like the Pirate. But this song is likely composed I would imagine but it's a fun song I'm going to try singing it but I don't have a tuning fork and hopefully I don't start too high <laughs> but it's Peg like the pirate is feeling depressed someone has stolen his treasure chest who stole the gold who stole the gold someone has stolen the pirate's gold so again great for syncopa and then the end, it's the It's just a really interesting melodic yeah. turn there. See that, you know, hear that a whole lot. No. And the game is super fun. They, I have like this big gold coin I use for it that I used to use as like a behavior management thing, thing years ago. I think I got it from Oriental, Oriental Trading, mm-hmm. but I now use it for Peg Leg the Pirate. And pretty, it's kind of I think like button you must wander maybe where like one person is in the middle and then everybody is passing. Everybody is either passing or pretending to pass. So one child does actually have the gold coin and nobody else does, but everybody's pretending to pass or whatever. And then the person in the middle has their eyes open the whole song. So they close their eyes. I hand it to someone. They open their eyes. We start singing the song everyone's passing or pretending to pass. And then the person in in the middle has to figure out who has the coin. So cool. Really fun. Yeah. I'll link to that in the show notes too. Closet key or any of those songs. Yeah. 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 Just something a little different. And, uh, and I love that. It's really pretty. It gets them, you know, nice up into their head voice. I love that part. You know, I have to add one after us talking, I think hyoipsenia would work really well too. I usually use hyopsenia to to prepare that high dough, but it really does uh-huh. end with a low la, if I'm thinking. Do you ever play that game? Years ago I did. I'm trying to remember the melody. Okay, so it goes Hi oh, 
hi ho ipsinia hi ho hi ho ipsinia ipsinia it has that high high do and then it has the low la later mm-hmm. which i like but yeah. the game is so fun i it, really it's meant to be a bowl passing game so yes. and then i usually just mark the underside of one of the bowls so the kids can't see which one it is that's marked cuz Yes. Traditionally, you would put something under the bowl, but usually I find that the kids can figure out if there's something under the bowl. So, right. depending you know, on if you're sitting in linoleum or a carpet, yeah, exactly. So yeah. when they're, you know, when they pass, it almost sounds like you're paddling a boat. So you you grab and then drag it. Yeah. So it kind of has this really cool percussion sound too when you play the yes. game. Yeah, um, it's back to me now. I think I did it. When I did it, it was because I had older beginners and I wanted to practice, yep. you know, steady beat. So that's another good one for that. Absolutely. Because right? it's like pass, beat, you know, it's going to the beat, right? Like touch the bowl, pass, Absolutely. Bowl, pass. But yeah. it reminded me of the canoe song you were talking about. So I kind of was playing it through in my head. And then I thought, yeah, it's really got that high do and that low la in it. Both can be isolated. Yeah. And the game is so fun that I've used yeah. it for something else. But now I think I might bring it back. Yeah, there you go. Very cool. All right. So, and we got to talking about when we teach Lola, which I'm just going to give a little disclaimer. There is no right or wrong answer. It's it's like a little bit of a pet peeve of mine when people call the Kodai philosophy a method. Yes. I don't know if it's a pet peeve for you too, but um, a method to me says that there's like a prescribed way of doing things and that it has to be done a certain way. And my experience with Kodai inspired teaching is not like that at all. It's, you know, it can be, you can do things in a variety of ways, Right. but if using quality material, folk songs of the musical mother tongue, and you have a consistent sequence and you have, you know, lesson plans with transitions and have physical, visual, and aural learning styles, you know, but that can look different in your classroom than it does in my classroom. And that's oh, absolutely, okay. I think, I think to truly be using the philosophy or be inspired by that philosophy, it should keep growing. It should be a living document. Yeah. Your body of work, your retrievals should change all the time. You know, I, one of the best things I did this summer, <clears throat> excuse me, was go through my binder and take things out I wasn't using. Yeah. And I and I took some pieces that I had photocopied throughout the year that were new pieces that I really liked and I went through and and retrieved them even though it wasn't for a grade. Um, you know, and I I think it was healthy to take some of those things out. You know, it was almost like going through your clothes and putting a bag yeah. of donations and, you know, it, well, and I think, like, you could say the same thing about how you're teaching a particular concept, too. Right. You know, or the way that you're structuring your lesson or whatever. Like, it's always good to look at what you're doing and to kind of tweak and revamp and, yeah, take things out. You know what? This isn't working for me anymore. This isn't working for my students anymore, so I'm going to take this out. Um, but the reason I brought that up, now that I, I can get off my soapbox now, no. um, the reason I brought that up is because you teach Lola in a different place in the sequence than I do. So And also a different year. I mean, you're already prepping it in third grade, and I don't get to it until the end of fourth grade. Right. And that's okay. 
Yeah. So you, you, you were saying that you teach high dough first. I do. It's always just made more sense to me. Uh-huh. And I feel like the kids already have high dough. They've already heard of it. Sort of the sound of music syndrome. Yeah. So a lot of them are already guessing that it's there anytime they hear something higher. And also I find that a lot of the kids, mm-hmm. when we play like poison pattern or um, if they're sight reading something, they'll often overshoot law for high dough. That's interesting. Yeah. And I, I found that over the years to be true. So I think it's important to go through and kind of identify, oh, what you're doing is higher than that. And so it's always just made sense to me. And mm-hmm. my students have seemed to pick on it, pick up on it quickly. Mm-hmm. So I've always presented Haido first and then gone back and done Lola. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, a lot of these songs touch on both. So I feel like they're somewhat interchangeable. So some Thanks of the so things, too. yeah. Yeah, some of the things that you mentioned in our notes before we started, like identifying the octave, I can do that when I do high do and then low la, I can focus more on the change in tonality, which is kind of nice. So I can kind of separate out all the new stuff, if that makes sense. It spreads it out a little bit more. Yeah, you're just teaching it in a different order, but you're discussing octave either way. Correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then do you teach... Like after they know low la and maybe even low so, do you get into la pentatonic versus do pentatonic? You know, I haven't. And part of that is because it's been three or four years since I've had fifth grade. And I don't typically get to that that level of extension of the pentatonic until fifth grade when I have taught all of the sequence. So it's been a little while. I, as soon as they get five notes in their scale, we, we reference that as a pentatonic though. So, so my students are very comfortable with me saying we're singing in a pentatonic today. What does that mean? And they can tell me what that means. Um, and I also, because some of my background is in private instruction and I took an intervolic approach to teaching piano and even guitar and voice, um, Teaching private instruction really changed my mind about how to read music. And so I really have embraced that intervolic concept. And so I spend a lot of time talking about steps and skips, too. Um, Do you mean when you're teaching piano, are you sometimes, because I actually have had conversations with my daughter's piano teacher about mm -hmm. this, are you sometimes telling students, like, don't worry about reading every single note, but look at the intervals between the notes? Correct. Yeah. Yep. She's had that same conversation, which I don't know that I've ever really thought about it that much. You know, I think probably in my head when I've played piano, I am reading it um, note for note, but I'm probably not. I am probably reading. In inter- the left hand, especially, I am almost completely reading intervolically. And I, and I think a lot of that was that it, a lot of my thinking has changed because I thought it was terrible piano, but I think really what it was is that I wasn't a fast decoder. And because yeah. I was taught to read every note at face value, it's yeah. a C or it's a D, mm-hmm. I could read it, but I couldn't read it at the speed that I needed to be able to play it. So yeah. um, teaching my students to identify steps and skips has become a big piece of what I do. Um, right. And hopefully it serves them. I don't think teachers that don't do that are are doing any disservice to their students. But I just, I really think that 
I almost had like a, a learning issue when it came to reading music. And I thought I just wasn't any good at playing instruments. And now as an adult, having taught in a different style, yeah, I see such an increase in success and joy in my students because they understand the intervals. So, yeah. um, so that's really flipped things for me, but, um, I spend a lot of time just identifying that a lot of that high dough is a skip. Yes. And once they can identify that on the staff and hear it as a skip, I feel like Lola kind of falls into place pretty quickly because once, once the students know that there can be more than one dough, it doesn't take yeah. them long to figure out that there can be more of anything. Right. In fact, I used to be a lot more like militant about this, but I would, you know, you know, let's say I had second graders and then after that I would have first graders. Mm-hmm. I would like take the law off the wall or whatever, sure. you know, for my first graders. Um, but I just don't do that anymore. I don't know if I've just gotten lazy in my older age, <laughs> but I have no time in between classes. You know, I just Zero. go boom, boom, boom. So like with second grade right now, we're preparing Ray and I've had several students look at my hand signs on the wall and raise up there. And they're like, is that re, are we going to learn re, when are we learning re? I love it. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, maybe. <laughs> and I've had that conversation with students too, where like, you know, I know you probably can figure out what that's called, but I just want to make sure that it's really in your head. Mm-hmm. Like you can really hear it and sing it before we formally give it its name and they're right. cool with it. Sure. But I don't know if I really call it La Pentatonic. I think I probably just explained that it's minor at that point. What do you think about that? You or know, I think use this the is term one, minor. It's one of those things that like I have formally taught Do Pentatonic like last year. I remember teaching that or maybe it was the beginning of this year. I did formally teach the term Do Pentatonic and I have had students like go to Orph Instruments and make that connection like, you know, if C is do and D is right, you know, like, you know, which bars do we take off and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think law pentatonic, I'm going to be honest. I think it's one of those things that kind of just like fell out, fell off of my curriculum because we are only seeing them once mm-hmm. every five days for 50 minutes. And I mean, and I think that could be like a whole other podcast topic. Like when right. you're not seeing your often, how do you decide what you're teaching and what you're not teaching. And I do think it's important. And I, you know, I think that it's especially that, that piece of having students transfer their knowledge to ORF instruments and be able to, you know, put an instrument in do pentatonic and then switch it to la pentatonic and then mm-hmm. being able to hear the difference between do pentatonic and la pentatonic. For sure. I think that's important, but Correct. because I'm, I'm just not seeing them as often as I would like to. That's one of those things that I haven't like I said, I've done Do Pentatonic, but then I would like to make more time to, you know, I think I could actually do that with third grade this year. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I do have enough time. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm seems actually, like you might. they know like Lola, but I actually am saving low. So for like the beginning of fourth grade, mm-hmm. although La Pentatonic would, could have low. So I don't know. Yeah. I have to think through that. It could have low. So, but it would have to end on Lola. Yes. I don't know. I have to, I just have to think about that. Or maybe after I teach Loso at the beginning of fourth grade, then I, you know, touch upon that. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. These are, it's a good conversation to have, good thing to think about. Right. But again, like I've said before, you know, it's 
there's not a right or wrong answer and you have to do what's best for your kids. And, Mm -hmm. and I've said many times, like people should not feel guilty about, Oh, I didn't get to this yet. Or I haven't taught that yet because you know, you might not have your kids for very often and you're doing the best you can. Correct. Absolutely. Do you want to talk about what we're reading? Sure. What are Good you What are you consuming? I am listening to this band called First Aid Kit. Have you heard of them? No. They are amazing. I think I want to say maybe they're two sisters. I might be wrong. But I heard of them actually, I don't know, a couple of years ago from a friend of it's my husband's friend Jimmy told us about this band called First Aid Kit. And listen to them and love them. And then I kind of forgot about them. And I was driving my youngest to daycare the other day and first aid kit came on the radio and I was like, oh, I love this song. So the song that the, I listened to is called silver lining. And trust okay. me, if you find it and actually if, I know a lot of people have Alexa, we have Alexa in our house. We love Alexa. We love Alexa <laughs> Do you have too. Alexa? Yeah. So if you have like Amazon music, Oh, you know what's funny is Alexa just turned on. Yes, She's she did for- in my house too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she turned off. We're okay. Um, so if you have Amazon Music, you know, because of yeah, of having Alexa, mm-hmm. then and she just turned on again. <laughs> um, <laughs> then you can go to your browser and open up Amazon Music Unlimited, and then find whatever band you're looking for. So actually, I was on my planning the other day. And I was like, Oh, I want to listen to first aid kit. Cause I'd heard them on the radio and remembered. I loved them a lot. Right. So I went to Amazon music and I just found them there and just, you know, streamed that way. So that's Very something cool. to, you know, I, I think people think to listen for whatever music on their Alexa device. I said it a little quieter and she didn't turn on, oh. <laughs> but, um, don't always think to listen through their browser. That's true. Yeah. I'm writing this what do you down. Listen? Oh, okay. Yeah. First aid kit. And I'll put that in the show notes too. Well, I did, I did have a great live, uh, music experience this weekend. My husband and I went to Pittsburgh this weekend for our eighth Yay. wedding anniversary and saw the That's Afghan wigs. Um, Yay. I've been a huge fan of them for a long time. You know, this will date me, but I remember seeing the movie. She's all that, which is, really just yes. a mediocre silly movie but they featured the afghan wigs on that soundtrack and yeah. and that was really when i first heard of them and then they were also featured in a movie that i love called beautiful girls and so they were in a couple movies and i just greg julie is just a great singer and you know their the musicianship is pretty pretty high in their their uh-huh. characters as well so that was a great show but what I was going to share with you today is actually that I'm reading a trilogy right now called the Southern Reach Trilogy. And the first mm-hmm. book was just made into a movie called Annihilation. It has Natalie okay. Portman in it. And, oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, I saw the preview for that. Right? Uh, and mm-hmm. it, it got good reviews. I haven't seen the movie yet. My husband and I both read Annihilation. And I usually read YA. I'm like a john green fan (laughs) but um and this is like sci-fi horror 
but um, it is just so okay. bizarre and dark and fun. Um, oh, cool. So, yeah, it's scary. Like the world's yeah, going to end cool. scary. So I just finished okay. the second book in that series, and I would recommend it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check it out. Well, this was fun. I hope that people who are listening have gotten some good songs about Lola. And like I said, in the show notes, I will include links and some notation as well. Great. Thanks so much. Um, Yeah, this was fun. And for those of you who are listening, if you haven't gotten a chance to give the music room a review in iTunes. That would be lovely if you did that so that more music teachers can find the podcast. And also if you just click subscribe in iTunes or on your phone, then anytime we have a new podcast, then you'll be notified. Yay. Yay. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Have and a good night. Yeah. Have a good, good day. Bye. Bye.